Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Join me today as I speak with author Jen Gale. This is the second of a two-part series on sustainability. Last week, I spoke to Kat Steck regarding fast fashion, but this conversation will specifically speak to the ways that you can be sustainable-ish in your household. Jen's thought is that by changing your impact without radically changing your life, you can figure out small steps that you can make that will add up to make a big difference. She'll answer questions that include, how can we apply sustainable living to our children's lifestyles? How can we teach them? And what are some practical ways that mothers can get their children interested in this new way of living today? I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this discussion and my discussion with Kat. So head over to Instagram if you haven't yet and maybe leave a comment under the post of what maybe your biggest takeaway was or maybe something that you plan on making more sustainable in your day to day or how you're going to talk to your children about sustainability. I'd really love to know because every little bit helps me with my own children and my own families and just start And honestly, creating discussion there on Instagram is really helpful for other people to kind of skim through and see what might work for them as well. So I encourage you to head over there and do so. And if you haven't yet left a rating and review on iTunes, that also, as I said, is so helpful for this podcast to succeed and grow. All right, here's my conversation with Jen Gale. Jen, thank you so much for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. Really excited to be here. Yes, I'll be honest. I struggle a little bit with sustainable living, so I cannot wait to just hear the tips and tricks that you have for our listeners, and hopefully I can gain some insight as well. But before we get into all of that, I would love it if you could just introduce yourself and maybe tell listeners what it is that you do. Cool. Yeah, of course. Uh, My name's Jen. I live in um, Wiltshire, which is southwest of England in the UK. Uh, It's kind of between Stonehenge and Bath. They're usually two um, sort of spots that people uh, can relate to or recognise within the UK. So that's where I am. I've got two kids who are 11 and 9, both boys. And I run a social enterprise called Sustainable-ish, which is all about helping people get started, um, sort of making some nice, easy, um, sustainable changes. Yeah, great. And that's the thing. I think that sometimes we have this perception that we need to only have all of our trash fit into a glass container. (laughs) I've seen that before. And so I, I think when we see things like that, it just feels a bit out of reach. And so then we don't make any changes. So I'm definitely looking forward to, like I said, just hearing how we can make this more accessible for the everyday person. But I also wanted to just touch on you. And I guess, do you consider yourself a minimalist? Because I would perceive sustainability as a minimalist concept. Yeah, no, I I would love to be a minimalist. (laughs) Look around my house and sadly I'm not. Um, I don't know how you do it with kids. I just they have this kind of magpie attraction to stuff, don't they? And that was one of Mm -hmm. the things my whole journey started when we spent a year buying nothing new. So that was one of the drivers for me doing that was recognizing my eldest was three at the time that he already kind of had zoned into stuff and new stuff and 
and you know in hindsight it was completely normal toddler behavior but I remember thinking god like I've somehow taught him this society has somehow taught him this that Mm -hmm. more stuff is good Mm -hmm. um so no I'm not a minimalist sadly at all I'm a complete mess minimalist (laughs) (laughs) or whatever that's Um, so funny I do think that they can certainly go hand in hand because I think at the crux of sustainable living is all about more conscious consumption so Mm -hmm. it is very much about slowing down the rate with which we consume things which you know you can see fits in really nicely with minimalism yeah absolutely and that's yeah that's what I was saying I definitely think it has minimalism woven into it because if we are not if we're intentional about the things that we're bringing into our home we're automatically going to produce less waste or trash what yeah so I, I I see that for sure well, what prompted your initial interest in sustainable living? Were you always conscientious of the environment or was this something that happened more in adulthood? I guess I always thought I was pretty green. Like I used to do my recycling quite mm-hmm. diligently. Um, and I think I guess that's where I thought my responsibilities ended, if you like. I think I was vaguely aware. Um, I mean, this was eight or nine years ago. So I was you know, vaguely aware of um climate change as Mm. we still called it then and I was um you know vaguely aware that there were probably some issues with you know cheap fashion and things like that but I think I just assumed that um it must be okay because it was it was happening and Mm -hmm. if these things were a really big problem then the government would be on it or big businesses would be sorting it out and they couldn't um be doing things that would be detrimental to the people in their supply chains because people would you know that 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 wouldn't be allowed to happen and then like I said we spent this year buying nothing new which was quite a a sort of random and slightly naive um decision Mm -hmm. in that I just thought it'd be be a bit of a fun interesting thing to do and it really sort of forced me to confront all these issues and to join those dots because I hadn't done that really to join the dots between what we were buying and the impact it was having on the planet and to to face up to sort of fast fashion and the realities of it and to think more about um again this this joining the dots between what we buy and what we throw away do you know mm-hmm. I sort of just hadn't thought of that at all mm-hmm. um so it was a really eye-opening year that's for sure yeah there's definitely I I wanted to do that this year and then everything kind of the world <laughs> turned upside down a little bit <laughs> but that was my initial plan going into the year but all that to say even in that first month I was seeing you have to be so intentional when it comes to your purchases. And I think that maybe that's not as convenient or it feels not as convenient. Yeah. I'm sure if you get into habits, it becomes a lot more, I guess, it a lot easier. But yeah. I would say that even just with buying my daughter a new new snow boots, it was like, oh, yeah. she doesn't need to buy those new. She can find them on Facebook Marketplace and maybe someone in the neighborhood mm-hmm. has those. So it's just you might have to not just go on to Amazon and do a quick two-day send. You might have to take a little bit more time, but I think that once you get into those habits, it does make it easier. But I'm I'm not going to make it look like I don't ever use Amazon because I definitely do. You know, that's where the kind of ish comes in, I guess. And and you're completely right. It's like, it is that convenience and that sort of knee-jerk, I don't know, I'd be like, you know, doing the supermarket shop and just Mm -hmm. sort of browse the clothes and chuck in a couple of t-shirts because they were only, you know, they were cheap and the kids might like them and stuff. And um, it's, 
I think we've become so used to convenience being king Mm -hmm. and to being able to get everything we want next day at the click of a button really cheaply. um, and, And we don't just stop and think anymore. And I think that was my biggest one of the biggest things I learned from that year was that just that stopgap, you know, the Mm -hmm. fact that I couldn't get it immediately Mm -hmm. made me have to be much more intentional about what I was buying, you know, made me have to think, well, do we actually need this? Can I borrow it from somebody? Can, um, can we make do with something we've already got? And, you know, nine times out of 10, we could, and, and, you know, we didn't need it. I think, like I say, we've, we've become so used to this cycle of consumerism that it's our instant reaction to everything mm-hmm. and our instant reaction to everything is to, to go on to Amazon because it's we know it's going to be there it's going to be cheap it's going to be easy mm-hmm. um but actually I was do, I've just um finished I was doing a six-week course with a group of people um sort of you know helping them to be a bit more sustainable and, and didn't mention anything about Amazon at all but they kind of really interestingly several of them came to you know with this realization that they were especially during COVID, you know, like getting everything. Oh, I need that just straight. Mm-hmm. The default setting was to go to Amazon. But actually, and, and it's not that they'd completely stopped using Amazon by the end, but it wasn't their default. Mm-hmm. So they'd stop and think, okay, I need this. Where else can I look first? Yeah. And then if they couldn't get it from somewhere local or, from, um, you know, somewhere a bit more ethical or whatever, then then they'd look to Amazon. And I think it's allowing ourselves that being gentle enough with ourselves that it doesn't become this really um thing that we become resentful of that makes our lives much more difficult yeah yeah it's the whole instant gratification that you that we experience in so many realms right now but I think you're right it's just I don't have to take the time to really think this through and again I think that that becomes easier the more that you implement that but Mm -hmm. I really liked in regard I do want to ask you about children and sustainability but I do I read a quote at one point and I think it said we don't need a handful of people doing zero waste perfectly. We need millions of people doing it imperfectly. Mm. And I think that's what you're saying with your book, Sustainable-ish. We're not going to be perfect with it. And yeah. I think if we, if perfection is our end goal, I think that it's going to be too overwhelming and daunting for us to yeah. achieve. So I really Definitely. like that you and, and named that, that. That 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 you just said a minute ago about, you know, this this perception of, the, you have to fit all your waste in a glass jar mm-hmm. and things like that and um we're recording this at the end of July and and I don't know how big a movement plastic free July is over in the states but it's it's it started in Australia and it's quite big over here as well and oh, okay. and for a long time I didn't sort of join in with it because I was like well I, I can't be plastic free so I, there's no point in me taking part in plastic free July whereas the whole point is that it's just a month to kind of focus on reducing your plastic and even if you just make one change that's fine but I think we have so many stereotypes around mm-hmm. sustainable living um you know we have the sort of um I think probably some people do stereotype minimalists as sort of sustainable living and um and we have the sort of you know the zero waste people with the mason jars and the everything looking very beautiful and and all these um, like you said, all the rubbish sort of packed into one. And then yeah. also the kind of grubby hippie maybe with the sort of dreadlocks and things like mm-hmm. that. And so people don't recognize themselves in those things. So they don't see that sustainable living is something for them. Whereas if we can be really like, everybody can do this. This is something for everybody. And you don't have to to go from A to Z. You just have to go from A to A.1 to mm-hmm. A.2 to before you get to B. Do you know, like it, mm-hmm. and every little thing really does count. Well, talking about children, because I do want to put an emphasis on how we can help them to become more sustainable. What did your children think when you started living this way? 
like when we did the year buying nothing new they were too young really to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to sort of argue so they were sort of um three coming up four and the little one was only sort of 18 months two mm-hmm. years um so they you know didn't really get much of a say in it and um I think probably the biggest arguments if you like that we had would be you know like um going past the magazine aisle in the supermarket or something like that would be yeah. quite difficult I think it's almost easier when you when they just know you're going to say no all the time yeah. whereas now you know sometimes I'll say no and sometimes I'll say yes and so they'll always have a go you know like, oh well maybe maybe this time she'll say yes whereas when, for that year they knew it was a no so they kind of didn't even bother mm-hmm. um asking um and now I think they just I'd love to say that you know they're really conscious consumers now and they're real little eco warriors and they're out there on the school strikes but they're absolutely not I think they just kind of they're aware of it but they kind of zone it out a little bit and I don't know whether they just think oh like mum's dealing with that that's fine or Mm -hmm. that's mum's thing but yeah they they just kind of let me get on with it really (laughs) yeah 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 no I'm curious though um do you have suggestions on how we can navigate sustainability as our children are getting older they're playing sports and so they're going to I'm thinking about like even just something someone wouldn't think of is the water bottles that they're going to be using at their soccer games or football games so just things like that or birthday parties with the bags of goodies that come home so yeah I'll let you take the floor and what you think um so trying to get them used to as you say that it it's just completely normal to have you know a reusable bottle with them all the time Mm -hmm. um so you know we just kind of don't go anywhere without having the reusable bottles we have when they have their pat lunches for school they're just we don't use we call it cling films you guys call it saran wrap oh yeah 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 Yeah, so we we don't use that we've got um, beeswax wraps or we use tupperware or um so for them that's just completely normal and the party thing is really difficult. I kind of take the attitude that, like, I can't, if they're going to someone else's party, I can't do anything about the party bag that they bring home. And mm-hmm. I just have to kind of suck that one up. Mm-hmm. But when they have parties, I try really hard to make sure that our party bags are um, plastic free and that they don't have kind of loads of tatting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and hope that, I guess, maybe other parents might see that and it might just spark a few ideas in them and they might just because that's one of the things I say to people time and time again is we never know what little seeds we're planting so Mm. I think it's really important that we share without being kind of um preachy and overbearing but you know social media is great for this so you can just go onto your Facebook page or whatever and say oh guys look I've just um you know I've been searching high and low to do plastic free party bags and look what I found Mm -hmm. um and nobody might reply Mm -hmm. um and, and it might look like nobody's seen it but you just never know if a friend's gone oh gosh, party bags, I'd never even thought about party bags. And then mm-hmm. might come hopping up to you in three months time and go, oh, saw what you've done, look what we've done as well. And and all the time, it's just kind of these little, it, it is just like dropping a pebble in a pond and these little ripples spreading out. And the more normal we can make it, the more, um, you know, it's really important that we do it in a way that people don't feel attacked and judged. But if we can share our enthusiasm for the simple swaps and things that, that we've made and just to like, wow, isn't this amazing? Or I, I found this stat and I didn't know about this. Mm-hmm. Um, then it, I think it does just help other people to think, oh, wow, like, well, she's not a complete weirdo and she can do it so Mm -hmm. maybe we can do it as well Mm -hmm. no that makes a lot of sense I'm trying to think of 
for clothing for my kids, we oh. have done so many hand-me-downs or we borrow yes. from friends. And I feel like that's a great way to yep. consider the environment and your envi- environmental footprint. And I wouldn't, again, I don't want people to think that I'm some really green individual. These are just very simple ways that yeah. I think you can implement this. And like we said, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it, mm-hmm. our collaborative yeah. impact has a huge impact as opposed to just if we were to do it perfectly. But I'm trying to think, yeah. what are other areas that we can be more sustainable when, when we consider our children? So clothes is a really, really big one. The fashion industry, I think, has a similar greenhouse emissions to um, aviation to the air industry so when we think about clothes you know that's something that we can we all have to wear clothes so mm-hmm. it's something we can all have a, an impact on and absolutely secondhand is always going to be a better choice than new because you're keeping those resources in use so you know and I think for clothes as well because kids grow so quickly you know Mm -hmm. it it can be really easy to find really lovely secondhand stuff that's been barely worn Mm -hmm. over here there's a growing number of rental things for clothes especially for tiny babies and sort of up through toddlers and things so you can kind of rent a bundle and then when they've grown out of that age group you send it back and and then you get the next bundle up Mm -hmm. and those clothes are reused with by by that um, Mm -hmm. organization so that can be really great and then things like toys as well there's um an organization um I think it's just UK based at the moment called Whirly which is Mm w-h-i-r-l-i um and it's um like a toy rental thing so you you subscribe every month and you get a certain number of tokens and the kids can pick the toys they want they arrive they play with them they get bored and instead of them then sitting around cluttering your house up you send them back and they get to pick the Mm. next new toys that they want so they can get this sort of constant cycle of of new toys and the excitement of them or new to them toys and the Mm -hmm. excitement of them and then once they're inevitably kind of bored of them you can send them back so there's so many great initiatives like that starting up Mm -hmm. um so you know keeping your eye out for things like that is great yeah absolutely and even just if we don't have access to things like that here in the stage which I think I believe that there are different not organizations but different things starting like that here as well but Uh, Just even borrowing from a close friend or if you're in a church group or something, putting the message out or even honestly, it might be more bold, but putting a message out on Facebook like, hey, I'm looking for a bouncer for my new baby. Like, does anyone have one I can buy or borrow from you? And And if um, I... I I'm not sure if I actually did this or not, but when our kids were at toddler group, I certainly floated the idea of having like a, a, a toy swap yeah session mm-hmm. do you know so that like everybody and it might be something you need to do when the kids aren't there so they're not suddenly <laughs> like oh my god I love that you can't mm-hmm. let it go but um do you know so everybody brings along the toys that their kids are sort of that, that are gathering dust that their kids aren't playing with anymore and then you just kind of take away some new toys and if you can do that you know every six weeks or eight weeks or whatever mm-hmm. um that's another really great thing and you can do the same thing with clothes we have um when it's not COVID, like swishing parties, mm-hmm. which is just a posh name for clothes swapping parties. And you can do them for grown-ups, you can do them for kids. And mm-hmm. do you know, it's just a brilliant way of keeping these resources in use and actually making sure that you're passing them on to someone who's going to use them. Because when we send stuff to the charity shops, especially clothes, if they're not in particularly great condition or they don't think they'll be able to sell them, they just kind of, um, they end up getting exported to developing countries and these they're just being left to rock because mm-hmm. these developing nations are just overwhelmed with them as well. So mm-hmm. when we're passing stuff on directly to people within our community, we know that they're um, sort of staying in use as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When I was 
19, I was on a trip to Africa. I did some mission work over there, and it was crazy. The children there were wearing, whoever won the Super Bowl that year, they were wearing the opposite because they, I guess they make shirts. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh. It it just put into perspective, this stuff does go somewhere. Just because you don't see where it goes doesn't mean it's not going somewhere, cluttering someone else's space or sitting in a landfill somewhere. Oh, it's just really hard and overwhelming when you think about (laughs) where it all goes. Yeah. And then, you know, it kind of becomes a bit hard to think, well, I don't, you feel like you can't do right for doing wrong, yeah. you know? And, and so yeah. I think that's where you just the whole time bring it back to, okay, um, you know, do I, do I need this? Can mm-hmm. I, can I do without this? Because the, we can't sort of just keep palming off the stuff that, that we don't want anymore mm-hmm. um, because it all has to go somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, do you have any other suggestions or tips that you'd like to encourage mothers with? I think you guys have free cycle over there, don't you? So that can be a really good um, project to get involved with. So the idea is that there are just these sort of very local communities. And if you've got something that you want to get rid of, you can kind of post it on there and somebody local can come and collect it and vice Mm -hmm. versa. So if you're looking for a baby bouncer or, um, I don't know, size six wellies or something, Mm -hmm. you can put that on there and somebody local in your community might might be able to come up with that. Mm -hmm. And in a similar fashion, there's a project called the Buy Nothing Project. um, And they have groups, it started in the States and they have groups all over the States and all over the world now. And they're sort of Facebook based. And again, you can... um, uh, post wanteds and um, you know post the stuff that, that that you don't want anymore and I think they're really great for for all the ordinary stuff but also the things like you know you've opened a tin of paint and it was the wrong color or you've opened yeah. a big sack of dog food and the dogs don't want the dogs turned its nose up at it and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. um, so they're really really great and a, and a really nice way of making connections within your community as well uh-huh absolutely no that's great advice I love that Well, where can listeners find you and grab a copy of your book if they're wanting to connect more? Yeah, so the website is um, asustainablelife.co.uk and I'm at Sustainable-ish on pretty much all the social media channels. The book is um, the Sustainable-ish Living Guide and it's it's available. I'm going to say Amazon now. (laughs) Um, It's available... um, you know online really widely but I would always say to people you know check with your local independent bookshop um Mm. especially at the moment lots of local independent shops are really struggling so check with them and see if they can order it in for you or if Mm. they have a copy um you know when libraries open up again check with your library and things like that but it yeah it's on um it's on Amazon and it's on Audible and it's um Kindle as well um, but yeah, do support your local independence if you can. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. I was going to ask you if it was on ebook, just, I have a tangible copy of it and I've really loved going through it and it's very, you don't have to sit through and read it all at once. I feel yeah. like you have it divided in by different topics. So that's really helpful too. So that, that's the, you know, so you can kind of dip in and out and it's yeah. not so overwhelming. Like, oh my God, I've got to do all yeah. these things now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So great. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA, what is your minimalist moment of the week? I am trying to simplify the admin side of my of my business of my social enterprise I think I'm not a details person I'm quite sort of big picture and I get bogged down in my inbox and Mm -hmm. um, all the sort of organization details so I'm really trying to simplify that at the moment yeah no it's funny whenever I ask that question a lot of um 
either small business owners or female entrepreneurs, that's always their answer that they're trying to simplify the admin side. I think that is so overwhelming and it can just feel like how do we minimize and condense this area and just like streamline some of these decisions. So you're not the first person that said that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, my very last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about? Probably a massive cliche, but it is, um, sustainability definitely online like mm-hmm. it's you know I, I kind of bang on about it a lot I think I'm I'm much more reticent with friends and family in real life because I don't want to be like that person who everyone's sort of rolling their eyes at and like oh my god here she goes again but um I'm just really passionate about the fact that it it doesn't have to be hard it doesn't have to you know you don't have to go vegan you don't have to it doesn't you don't have to kind of go to the extremes but Mm -hmm. that that shouldn't stop you from starting like you said right at the very beginning that that, that these um stereotypes or these ideas that we have stop us from starting and that actually do you know um there's another quote that I love which is like imagine if eight billion people thought they could make a difference like Mm -hmm. wow Mm -hmm. um because that's another thing I think that stops us getting started is we think well what's the point like it's just little old me and how on earth am I going to change anything but imagine if we all thought that we could Mm -hmm. um and just by taking that first step and I think if um and that's often the hardest steps if we can get people over that first hurdle and just to start doing you know do one thing Mm -hmm. um then I just think that you know that could be huge Oh my gosh, that is a great quote. I'm definitely, I'll include that in the show notes for people because I think that's something that you're, you're so right. I think that, like you said, this, this whole idea of sustainable-ish, we can make a difference if we all do something. And that's Uh with anything, with anything going on right now, if we all just get loud in in our own ways that it makes a difference. So great. Well, I really appreciate your time today. I really, I definitely recommend going to get your book. It's great if you are just stumbling upon sustainable living. So I appreciate your time and your tips today. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a real joy. What did you think of the interview? I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Facebook page, Instagram account, and where you can find me all around the web. Join me back here next week as I bring you my conversation with mother of 10, Ashley Buffa. She will take us through how to organize with a large family. I'd say that's pretty large, so I cannot wait to share her tips with you all. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.